Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. We've been in this series called Better Together. And, you know, we started it off. If you're new to us, we started it off. And I told you the story of that uh, two-seater bike where I'm, I'm... I'm just like trying to kill myself to make that 11-mile journey that we were on. And I look back and see that Shay's got her feet up. And I'm like, no wonder it's so hard. And I said, you're going to have to help me. I'm literally about to die of a heart attack at the age of 23 <laughs> at that time. And, I, you know, I, and, and when she started, it was amazing how much easier it was when we do it together. And so we've been going through this series and we've been talking about unified vision. Like when we're unified in our vision of something, we talked about unified praise last week. Um, and we, what else did we talk about? Anybody remember? Y'all listen to me while I'm preaching? Uh, prayer, unified prayer, coming together in prayer. And uh, today we are going to be diving into Romans chapter 12. And if you'll go ahead and get there in your Bible, we'll get there in just a little bit. But today as we talk, we're going to be talking about uh, unified servants. So what does it look like when we serve together? And, um, you know, I pray that today that this is one of those messages that will bind us together in a way uh, that that we have not uh, that we're not operating at yet, and that this takes us and matures us and disciples us to a, a new direction. And um, so, just to kind of go through these. Uh, as a recap, we talked about how unity is going in the same direction at the same speed with the same attitude. Like, we're not talking about anybody's fighting because to my knowledge right now, nobody's fighting in the church. Nobody's upset with anybody. You know, uh, it's a lot of times people are, as long as nobody's fighting, we okay. But that is not unity. Unity is when we come into agreement and we're going the same direction. We are passionate about the same things. We're going at the same speed. And we're going with the same attitude. We talked about how unified vision on anything. So unified vision about prayer. Unified vision about children's ministry. Unified vision about some things we have coming up next year. You know, uh, when we're in unity on that vision, we'll go faster and we'll go farther We'll have less distractions. I can remember being part of a, a church one time, and we were trying to do a building project. And there were people that left the church over that because they didn't agree with, you know, how much uh, the size of this room was going to be as opposed to the size of this room and whatnot. And, I mean, you know, people just get uh, upset over the smallest things, and uh, they weren't unified in their vision, 
And so they had setback. And y'all know, if you've ever been in a building project, you know how that can go. You get setback after setback after setback. The last thing you want is the people of God being the reason for the setback. So you could be set, uh, uh, you could be setting things back and hindering progress when we're not unified in the vision of something. And so um, today, as we, we talk through this, this is what Matthew twenty twenty eight says. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, you've heard me, if you've been around destiny for any length of time, you've heard me say this before. That we'll never look more like Jesus than when we're serving others. It's not about how, how you worship. It's not how much Bible you know. It's not how much, you know, any, any of that other stuff. Jesus said, the Son of God, God himself, did not even come to let people wait on him hand and foot. And in that passage, when he's talking to the disciples there, he's really talking about it in the context of this. He's saying, you know those who lord over the Gentiles, right? He said they love to be recognized for their status and they're entitled and, you know, and they feel like they need a special seat at the table. They need a special parking place and all, all of this stuff. Um, not so with you guys. We're fixing to change that mode of ministry. And he says, if you're going to be my disciples then whoever's the last can be first. Whoever's the first will be last. Because even I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. So say that with me, because I want you to get it in your spirit. We'll never be more like Jesus than when we are serving others. Let's say it again. We'll never be more like Jesus than when we are serving others. Now here's the question. Where are you serving? Where are you serving in this church, in your school, your place of where you work? Listen, like where you work, you should be serving. Well, I get paid. Yeah, but this is what my daddy told me. Son, arrive early and stay late. Do things that aren't your responsibilities. Don't get over in your own lane, uh, in, in somebody else's lane. He didn't mean that. He just said, son, if you see something that needs to be done, do it. Like, don't walk by it and say, well, that's not my job. So you're serving at work. Even though you're getting paid to be there, you're serving. Serving any number of ways. Serving your family. Um, I want you to look at this. When believers unite to serve, unbelievable things can happen. I want to break it down for you a little bit. When believers, that's us, when we unite to serve, unbelievable things can happen. I've known churches, man, that were tiny, and they did some things that's like, that's remarkable that that church was able to do that. How did they do it? They did it because they came together. Next week, Pastor Wesley's going to be talking about I'm not even going to tell you what he's going to be talking about because then you'll go, yeah, I'm missing that one. Um, when we planted Destiny Church, we had zero money. Do you know the only money that we had? We had money that Shay and I saved up uh, to plant Destiny. And, um, you know, it wasn't even a lot. Do you remember? 
I have a figure, but do you remember? Because I think it was about $6,000 that we had saved up. And, uh, and so um, we didn't have any money. That money, really, we were saving it so that we could live on. And we started and, and we went to this church. If you remember the old building that we used to be in, we did that building over there uh, for 10 years. We, we rented that building. Well, there was another church that was in there, and that church was disbanding. That's always a sad thing when a church dies. Um, and so the pastor just wanted to, he's like, I, dude, I just, it's, it was such a sad thing. He's like, I just want to be rid of all of this. Can you imagine me, pastor at Destiny, going, I just, I'm ready to be rid of these people. I'm ready to be rid of this building. I'm just ready to walk away. And, you know, if you'll take it, because we, we got another lease, we got a lease, and I can't walk away from the lease. If you'll take the lease, and he said, you can have everything in this building. And he said, all I need is $7,000 to pay our debt off. Well, he might as well said $7 million because I didn't have any money we had that that we were living on or I mean Shay had a job but I had zero income and uh so he's I went and told the people and whatnot and I don't know how this came about of course we probably talked to our parents about it and whatnot and uh they called us one day and they said to us Shay's mom called us and she said you know y'all get on the phone so we're on the phone she begins to tell us this story uh, about our church wants to invest in what you guys are doing. So I, and we're like, you know, oh, isn't that sweet? It's a little old church over in Georgia. They're going to invest in us. You know, we probably are as big as they are, and we haven't even started. And, um, and she begins to say they took up, and correct me if the numbers are wrong, but they took up an offering with the church that was $4,000. Five, $5,000. And then um, Shay said that, uh, or, or Shay's mom said, and your dad and I are going to give $1,000. And there's another couple that we met, and they told us in the parking lot before we went into church tonight, hey, we want to give $1,000. Now, we hadn't told them anything about, like, numbers or what we were trying to do. They just knew we were trying to start a church. And um, she said, would $7,000... Uh, help you guys. I've never seen that. I've heard people say, and the Lord to the number, it was $42.38, and man, God, I found, I'm telling you, I heard those stories from other people, but I never heard that myself. And, you know, Shay, I, Shay goes to cry and speaking in tongues, and I'm over here, you know, just, and I'm like, what? You're kidding me. And so God provided for us in this miraculous way through this tiny church that did not know us except in name only. I'd never met that pastor, never met really any of the people of that church. I'd never been to that church. But when believers unite to serve, unbelievable things can happen. You and I are sitting in this building today because of somebody's faithfulness and believers coming together to serve the vision of whoever it was to ask for that offering. Are you following me? Like everything that we see in this building, every ministry that we've ever done since that time, those people have 
a part of it. Every person that's got saved here, every person that's got delivered here, everything, they have a part to that. All right? So I want you to look at this scripture on the screen. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him, meaning God, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ. To him be glory in the church by Christ. So uh, what that scripture, you've heard it preached many times. And man, it is a scripture that people can get rip-snoring preacher-fied over. It's like, I'm telling you, my God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. You know, that'll preach right there. And we're thinking, woohoo, God. But I want you to look at this closely. Look at this. It says, now to him, this is, that, that's the King James Version. Uh, look at this. This is in the New Living Translation. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the what? church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I don't want to diminish the work and the glory of God in this, but what I do want to amplify is the part about the church, the part about the believers. Now, glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, the church, like all right, so you go back to the rip-snoring preacher. Praise God, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. You know, that which is amazing, but he's going to do it through you. He's going to bless you. you. You following me? Like, he's going to do all of that. But the incredible part, he's going to do it through ordinary people like you and me being obedient and coming together in unity. He's going to pull it off through us. We're wanting God to, you know, that million dollars a while ago that I, we were praying over. We just think that, you know, man, God, we're going to show up here one day and there's going to be a box of hundred dollar bills out, you know, in the parking lot or something. No, you know what? He's going to do it through your business. He's going to do it through you. He's going to do it through the faithfulness of the people. He's going to do it through the belief. Believers, when we come together in unity, and God is going to do some amazing things through it. All right? So, um, in Romans 12, 1 through 8, uh, we'll get there in just a little bit, but I just want you to go there. We'll get there. But I've got these guys on stage, and I've asked them to come really to just talk about like serving. What does serving look like uh, to us? And uh, let, me, let me get my iPad open here. So these guys on stage, every single one of them serve in some area of ministry. So different areas of ministry for different lengths of time at Destiny. I'm sure you've served at other churches. I'm, I'm sure you serve outside of the church in parachurch type ministries or organizations, civic organizations at your work. Uh, maybe sporting teams and things like that. You serve maybe even at your children's schools. Uh, I know Shay and I would serve at uh, the, the PTO. Um, so as we are talking about serving today, um, I don't know, my 
answers are, are not my answers. My email is not coming up, so let me try to do it on my phone. All right, so I've got couples here, so they serve as a couple. Shay and I serve as a couple. Greg and his wife serve as a couple. Uh, Josh and Skylar serve as a couple. Zuri, she's prophetically serving as a couple. Uh, she's waiting on that man of God to come along for her. Yeah, amen. Um, so when we're talking about serving, I, I just want us to talk through serving. And as we talk about serving, because serving is important, uh, tell me, like, what is it that drives you guys to serve? Like, what, and, and, and let's talk about it in the context. You know, this is the church, so we're just talking about the church. You can reference other organizations, you know, sports, civic organizations, but we're primarily for the for the this topic, the context of it, it's going to be serving in a local church. What drives you guys to serve? Remember to hold it up, yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is um, part of a daily prayer that I uh, say over my office at work every day. And it says, Lord, I thank you for the gifts you have deposited within me. I do not take them lightly, but commit to using them responsibly and well. I am fully aware of the gifting that God has given me. And if I can use that to assist this church or any other organization that needs what I have, then it is my honor to use that gifting because it brings glory to God. That's good. What about you? The easiest answer for me is I, I just have a servant's heart. Mm. I tend to just try and serve wherever I can and look at needs. At one of my jobs, I look at the needs uh, when I'm there and, okay, what can I do next? How soon can I get off work so I'm not driving up the cost of the boss? Yeah, that's good. So you're, you have... Out of five love languages, if you know anything about that. So you have one of your love languages that you speak is serving. That's how you express love for, one another, uh, for others, right? Awesome, yes. awesome. Yes. Um, so as, as you, I'm sure all of us have reasons that drive us to serve. What are some challenges? Because like, everybody up here, to my knowledge, you love to serve. I don't think I ever have come across any of you uh, at any time that it's like I've seen you like just really grumbly or in a bad mood or anything like that. So <laughs> I know you love to serve. But what are some challenges to serving for any of us? Just popcorn it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you gotta invest some time uh, mm. with me in the media booth. Uh, you know, we, we do rehearsals Thursday night. Uh, Sunday mornings we're here at seven o'clock and then stay, you know, till everybody's gone and closed down. So, you know, you, you have to invest some effort in there, you know, so that can be challenging sometime and working that schedule into, you know, getting home with the kids and, you know, making sure my wife has what she needs and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who don't know Josh, uh, Josh has three small children, all under the age of six, right? Um, so this is, this is not somebody who's serving that just doesn't have a whole lot of stuff to do. This is somebody who's serving and he's, you know, uh, not only that, you know, the guy 
is an engineer and he builds, I think, warships. Yeah, yeah, I've been with Austin the last year, yeah. but been doing ships 15 years. And, uh, you know, so at his job, man, he's uh, doing major presentations uh, and lots going on in his world. And he still serves on Thursday nights to help us. And we are blessed, guys. I don't know if y'all know it, but he's not the only one. We've got others in the booth that are back there right now. We have others that are not here today. Jess is not here today. We are blessed by these people because they are so smart when it comes to that that technical stuff. We need those people in, in our body. What, what are some other challenges that anybody might have? Does anybody have any ch a challenge that you might want to toss out there? Y'all don't have any challenges, so y'all are just easy, easy to go. Not at oh, right here. We really don't have any challenges at, at the front door, but the way I got my mindset, challenges is, is, is not something I cringe. It's like a motivating factor to me because when I get challenged, I try to find a way to make it happen, you know, because I, I don't really like to say, no, I can't without trying. I always like to give, put forth the effort. So challenges is a motivating factor for me. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, that's good because like some people like challenges. Uh, but I think a lot of times what I see in people, uh, and, and I don't mean this to be judgy, but I see that a lot of people can't serve because their world is in chaos. And I'm like, man, I just wish that they would, uh, come to some things that we teach, uh, on how to organize your private world and, and, and get those things in order so that like, hey, at home, it's, it's not chaos. At your, your schedule, it's not chaos. Uh, because I will have people to tell me from time to time, they're like, well, Pastor Rife, you just don't know what it's like to have, uh, you know, a couple of kids or three kids or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, what do you think I did for like 18 years? Like, I mean, we had kids and we did all kinds of things like, like you're, you're doing. Uh, you... Here you are, you know, you raised kids and then you raised some more kids. And you know what I'm saying? Like there's lots of challenges that are going to be out there that, that you can always have something that's going to hold you back. But listen, that's uh, where we aren't unified. There are things like that that keeps us ununified, which slows things down, our distractions. Um, what... Uh, uh, like, where do you serve? Like, tell us where you serve, Zuri, in the church. I serve in the auditorium, and I serve in the prayer ministry, and now intercessory. All right. Anywhere outside of church that you can think of that you serve? Um, well, it's uh, fine if you, you know, if you doesn't that, come to mind. Josh, right anywhere now. outside you serve? We know where you serve here. Yeah, um, I've also been coaching my son's soccer team for the last two years, okay. doing that on the weekends, and then uh, also helping out with some grounds cleanup at his school. All right, so you're serving in those two areas. How many times a week do you uh, does soccer take up? So soccer, we have practice two nights a week and then games every Saturday. <laughs> two nights a week plus a Saturday plus a Thursday night at church. About what, twice a month or three? Twice a month, uh, yeah. three times mm -hmm. a month. You're yeah, here. two or three times here. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. awesome. Where where do you serve in the church? Front door, but anywhere Front outside. Uh, outside, 
outside I serve my family and my employees. Okay. Shay, where do you serve outside? We know where you serve here. I don't know. Uh, outside the church. Well, I mean, yeah, at school, but well, is that what you mean? That's an answer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I serve at my school. Well, she serves by, she, you know, she heads up. Let me tell you what my wife does. You head up different things, uh, you know, and, and over the years you've headed up different committees and things like that. But uh, you were recently serving by teaching at uh, other teachers how to do some curriculum and things. See, she don't know what she do. I have to tell her. But, but again, serving outside of the church. that She didn't have to do any of those things, but she does. Betty, where do you serve? All right. Yes, her list is long. Outside of church, I serve her. I willingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I run errands. If she needs something from the store, I, I do most of the shopping. Um, I help a little bit on cleaning. Um, and just if we're on a trip, I drive her. I try and give her rest. I'm the last three cars years or three weeks. We've been sharing one car and I've done all the driving if I could. So he's right. He really does serve me amazingly. Um, in addition to my job, I am a mentor at work. I assist with organizing and planning regional meetings. Um, earlier this year, I was given a new role that is entirely volunteer. Um, so if I work late or am away from the office late, I am not on, on payroll. Um, and it's in the political world where I am meeting with politicians or their staff members and talking to them about financial legislation that may be pending or should be pending or is up for vote, encouraging them to uh, vote on that legislation in ways that are advantageous to our clients. Um, I am a member of a women's music group in Mobile and our goal is service through music. And so we look for ways that we can serve uh, young musicians in schools and other people in the community uh, through music. And until just very recently, for the last three years, I was on the board of directors for Lynn Lanier's organization, Jubilee Youth Service Leadership Academy. All right, so that's a lot. So, you know, why am I having these people tell you all this stuff and why should you care? Um, it's because I want you to see, like, the people who are serving in different areas. And they, this is just one set, you know, like we've got people serving right now in this room. We've got people serving in the children's ministry and people who are not here today at church who, who are here, will be here other weeks that, that serve. And, you know, everybody has a story. Everybody has a, something behind the scenes of their life that they do. And uh, I just wanted to give you a glimpse of like what serving does and how challenging that could be. I mean, I'm looking and listening and I'm going, wow. So all of those different areas that you guys are involved in, you could literally say, do you know, Josh, how many parents that uh, will tell me that they, they can't serve because uh, they're coaching their uh, boys, you know, t-ball team and still do it say it again you can still do it yeah and that's what 
that's what I know, but again, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Uh, you know, how organized, how orderly is your world, how, uh, how, how much you're willing to give. And here's where I am. Um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So in every area of my life, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to put God before my wife. I'm going to put God even before the business of Destiny Church. I'm going to put God before any outside activities that I might do serving the city or any of that other stuff. God is always going to come first. So here's where I am with that, and I believe it's a biblical stance. God first and everything else where it fits in. God first, and if you can coach that team, great, coach that team. God first, and if you can serve the city, then serve the city. God first, and then, and I'm telling you, God's not either or. God's not choose one or the other. Like, no, God will let you serve inside the church and outside the church. That's his will. That's his, his love. But, man, the things that go on at Destiny these people that are serving, they make things happen. You know, you are making things happen. You are making things happen. The people outside of this room, the people that are not here today, the people that might be watching online, you make things happen. Um, so let me ask you a couple of others, and then uh, we'll, we'll begin to kind of close down. So, uh, so many people, when it comes to serving... It really is about, oh my God, they want, us, they want me to do something. They want me to, they want something from me. And it's like, when you begin to serve as part of a local whatever, like it could be your school, it could be any number of things. But when you begin to serve, something begins to happen. And I'm just going to toss that out to you. What happens when you begin to serve and see if y'all end up where I want you to? I'm not going to tell you where I want to end up. But when you begin to serve, and let's take it here at Destiny, what happens or what happened or what is happening as you begin to serve? All right, do you know what I'm asking? All right, any of you can go. Um, I serve on the welcome desk, and at, when I first got to Destiny, I was on the front door. Um, and I chose the front door to start is because I get to know people. I greet them and I ask their names. Um, but we have an experience that when we were dating, we were in two different states, three hours apart. And I, before we started dating, I felt like I needed to leave the church I was in. But the Lord asked me to serve in the church I was still in, which made me be in church twice a month. So we had to travel. If we wanted to see each other on the weekends, we had to take turns traveling to each other's uh, town and uh, go to church in our uh, each place. That way... I feel it really rounded out our families. Our families got to know each of us while we were dating for the year, almost year and a half that we were dating. So that was a blessing of serving. If not, my family may not have gotten to know her well because I probably would have traveled most weekends to her town. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So as you're serving, like as you serve, like what, what did that serving, like what are some benefits? Biggest benefit to me is connection. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's an answer, but can you elaborate? Con- connection with this church family, getting to know the people better than I would have if I just stood in my little clique and talked to the people that I like. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to know each person of this church and being able to look out at this this congregation today and being able to say the name of 98% of you. Uh, There's a visitor or two that I may not know your name, but the rest of you, I know. I Mm -hmm. know who you are and you know who I am. And that connection directly comes from not sitting in a chair every Sunday morning for worship and and, uh, a lesson and then going home. That comes from time together, chatting at the front desk, going out to lunch together, whatever that looks like, church work day. Oh my yeah. goodness, you really get to know somebody well when you work side by side by them with them, wiping down toys in the nursery. <laughs> um, connection. Yeah, that's good. Any of you guys? Yeah, definitely building community uh, you know, with the church family members. Um, and also you, you build a sense of ownership when you're serving. You, you get into whatever group you're in, you know, whatever ministry you're in, and you, you become a part of that, and you talk to us all, all the time about a spirit of excellence, like serving with a spirit of excellence, not just to be here and to be doing something, but like, how can I make it better? How, what can I improve on? What can I, you know, do to, to really make the ministry as best as it can be? Yeah, that's good. Zuri, you got something? Um, what I was going to say for me, um, serving, the word talks about um, that it's an act of your reasonable service, and that your time, that time is your tithe. And so for me, serving is basically giving that to the Lord. And that is the bigger sacrifice because you can't get time back. You can give the Lord. You know, He requires that we give him our time, our money, those type of things. But the Lord, I had a moment where the Lord was like, you are not giving me your time. You can, you can pay, you can give money, you can do all of that. But the time even here serving and being with each other, God's people, to me, I think that's a larger sacrifice. 20 hours, 15 hours a week. We do 40 hours on a job. And this is the way the Lord kind of brought it to me. He was like, how much time are you spending with me? This is still time with him. Yeah, that's good. And so that was, for me, I get something out of service because it's another way that I'm spending time with him aside for just my time intimately one-on-one because it's still spending time with him. But it's a sacrifice because you have to be intentional in when you're doing it. So that for me, serving, I feel good in doing it because I'm with other people. So it's not necessarily just doing it one way. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. front door but it goes a little deeper than that for me because I remember the first time I came to Destiny me and my family uh, Carol was and Rochelle was the first ones I met and it was just amazing how welcoming and friendly and loving they were and I was like okay this is the first time so let's see what it's going to be like next week and they was the same Hmm. way and to make a long story short I came to the conclusion that's the way they were. 
So I didn't realize that I was going to end up being a greeter. At that time, I had no intentions, but God placed me there. And while I'm serving, I keep in mind the, what I learned from them. I'm representing God first and destiny second. Mm-hmm. And to me, that serving at the front door, to me personally, is the most important position in the church outside the pastor. Because I look at it like this. If I can start their journey off on the right foot at the door, and That's I know right. everybody else going to follow up and make their visit great. That's good. So I, I really enjoy doing what I do. So, so when it... That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's very important. Um, for me, I, serving is a fulfillment in my life of God's purpose for me. Um, I feel fulfilled in God's purpose for me when I serve, whether it's here or at school or, or any other area I'm involved in. And, um, you know, people could say, well, uh, you're the pastor's wife. Of course you're going to serve. Well, not necessarily. I've been parts of churches where pastor's wives didn't serve. Um, but it's not an option for me. Like, it's not because I'm married to him. When he came into our church, I was, I don't know, 14. I had been serving on the music team and would continue to serve in teaching. Um, That was something that was part of who I was because it was fulfilling God's purpose for my life. And that has continued through every phase of our lives. Um, When we were going to school full-time, We were working full-time as youth pastors the entire time that we were in school um, and teaching classes on Sundays. Um, When we graduated college, we, as, you know, married young people, we were serving full-time. When we had children, we were serving full-time. It didn't matter that we had kids. Like, how else are they going to learn about serving if you don't, include them in that. I distinctly remember the children being like two years old and they're sitting on that front row while we're practicing at seven in the morning for the music team. And they're sitting there with their coloring book or their crayons or whatever and little books. And they sat there because that's what they were supposed to do during that time. And, um, it was just part of life. Like, um, there, there are always things that are going to happen in life, but that doesn't mean that you can't serve. Um, it's really a mindset, a choice um, in your mind. Uh, uh, what can I do during this time? Now our lives are different. And so um, with us as empty nesters, uh, we, have, <laughs> we have more time, but in different ways. Like right now I'm training to be able to teach more uh, in in better ways. Um, He has increased like his service in the evenings. Um, So he has to really pour on that stuff when he ministers to me during our time together because he's gone most evenings of the week. Um, And it's, it's a choice. Like I've always wanted to be part of something that God had and it fulfills my purpose in life when I'm serving. 
um, you know, Shay and I, and I'm speaking mainly for myself now, but she's one year behind me. Um, we're entering into the 55, Tribe 55, and we're entering into a different season of life uh, for us. And, but we have, we have always, we come from a generation that is like, man, serving is not just a drudgery. It's fun, and it's like, you know, just the satisfaction that you get from serving. And I love, you hit the nail on the head because that's where I wanted to go. Um, when you serve, there's a level of connectivity that you do not have uh, by coming uh, and, and, you know, receiving. Like you come, you in, enjoy the services and the worship, and you might come to women's ministry or men's ministry or whatever. Uh, but like when you serve, there's a different level of connectivity, even for kids. Um, man, there's a different level because like uh, before I didn't know really Josh. I mean, I knew him as a church family member, but I really didn't know him. Now, because we serve on one of the same teams, I know about him, his wife, his family. You know, when they have a baby, I get to go take food to their, to, to their house, and I get to help minister to them. Like you begin to find out when people are sick or when they're going through a rough time. There's a level of connectivity and, and fellowship in the body uh, that, you know, you might not get if you're not there. And one of the worst things is feeling like you're not a part of something. I don't know if you've ever not felt a part of something, but like when you go and you're, you, do, you just don't feel a connection, I'm telling you, man, when you connect through, when you, when you uh, are connected through serving, there's a level of family that comes uh, within the, the ministry. And I'm telling you, another thing that happens, another benefit that happens is um, you, you get to know people. So it's like, you know, let's just say Betty's having a bad day because we all have those. And uh, Betty just says something that just, wow, that was sort of offensive, you know, or whatever. And she hasn't done this, but I'm just giving you an example. Uh, like, you know, she just snapped at me or whatever because I know Betty, because I know her heart, because we work together behind the scenes. I, I go, yeah, that's nothing. But if I don't have that connection, then all of a sudden the enemy gets in and goes, well, she's, you know, uh, whatever, and you begin to have separation. The enemy loves to get in and do division. But when we're united in serving and building connections, are you seeing where this is going? It's really a beautiful place. So let me uh, just uh, try to wrap up a little bit here. Uh, so my wife, uh, I, I wanted to add one more thing. So we come from that generation. That's why I started out the Tribe 55. We're starting to feel like, you know, okay, we're, we're getting into that age. I start sounding more and more like my parents. But bless God, Shay and I come from the generation that I'm telling you, man, she, she brought a child into the world. And I mean, what was it? We had the baby on Wednesday. So uh, from Wednesday to Sunday, that baby was out there in a little carrier seat and she was on stage singing at what we call back then a kid's crusade. And uh, that, there's our newborn baby. Man, in today's world, we don't see that child. I mean, it's got armpit hair before we see it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, that kid is old by the time we see it five days later. 
because she just loves to serve. And it's like, come on, get that kid out there and build those immunities up. She is an amazing servant. Um, so Romans 12, 1. Let's dive into this real quick. Uh, Romans 12, 1 through, I can't remember. We're going to go down through maybe about uh, uh, 12 verses 1 through maybe about 13. Um, but as we go through this, I put the first verse on the screen for you because I really want to point this out. So Paul is talking to the Romans and he says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because, he is, uh, because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Think about this. Your bodies given to God is truly the way to worship him. You know, now to dive deeper into that, you have to go uh, to Jesus' words where he said, if you're going to really love me, love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So when Paul is talking about the body here, he's talking about everything, your mind, your will, your uh your emotions, your strength, your spirit, your soul. He's talking about every, the totality of who you are. He says, give that to God because of all he's done for you. Give it to him as a living sacrifice. He's talking to a pagan society. He's talking to people that sacrifice their children to Molech. Are you following me? He's talking about people that take their virgin daughters and sacrifice them to pagan gods. He's talking about to a society that they know what's, what sacrifice looks like. And they will, they will do that. He's saying, listen, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Give your body as a living sacrifice. You're not going to kill it. You're gonna, it's going to stay alive. Once you kill it, it's not worth anything. But keep your body alive and give that to God for that's truly the way to worship him. This is what I want you to look at. The word body in uh, that verse in the Greek is soma. And this is what it means. It means the physical body of a human or animal. So I'm giving God this. This. Why would God need our body? Why Anybody want to just take a stab at it on the stage? Why would God need our body? The things that he wants to do on earth. Because God doesn't have hands. And God doesn't have feet. Jesus does, but he's not here and that's not his purpose. He's in heaven preparing a place for us. Feet, hands, mouth. You remember in Romans he says, how will they know unless somebody goes and tells them? So he needs that. How will they know unless somebody goes? He needs feet. He says, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who carry the gospel of Christ. Because he lives in, in, in us and we are the vehicle that he uses to get there and do all of those things. So giving our physical bodies to him, the services that we have. And then it also means the number of men or women closely united, unite, unison, all right? A number of men closely united into one society or family, as it were. In, in other words, a body, this is a body. Destiny is a body. 
just like the Senate or the Congress is. So think about it. We always read that verse, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you to the Greek level, which is this is originally written in, because we typically think of that verse as saying, present your body, this thing right here, as a living sacrifice. But what about the second meaning of that word, present your body? Pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophets, apostles, present your body as a living sacrifice. Like, are we as a body living sacrifices? Is Destiny Church as a corporate uh, organism, are we a living sacrifice to the Lord? I don't know about you, but man, that is good. All right, so look, uh, in Romans chapter 12, as I read through this, I'm going to read down to... um, I don't know, verse, let me just read. Verse 1, I'll just read that again. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Be kind, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but, <clears throat> but let God transform you into a new person, changing the way you think. See, we're constantly reading these verses and we're thinking, transform our mind against sin, transform our mind against cultural relativism and all of these things. And that is true. But it's also true about the body and serving. And I'll prove it to you in the following verses. It's about don't copy the pattern of the world and how they think about serving. Don't what using their gifts. The, what you said earlier, Betty, you have... Have, you have that prayer that you pray about all of these things that, you, that can be beneficial. Listen, think about this verse of Scripture. If this doesn't blow your mind, and maybe you aren't getting it, but I'm telling you, this blows my mind when you start thinking about it in a corporate body context. All right? And it goes on to say, Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Verse 3, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I teach you this uh, warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Ouch. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, meaning uh, or measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts... You know, he's, he's got a thumb, he's got a nose, he's got an ear. So there's a lot of parts going on right there. But just as our bodies have many parts, so it is with Christ's body. And then he says, we are many parts of one body and we all belong together. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Think about this. He, in this body, so many of us can do certain things well, and I'm not that good at that, or maybe you're not as good as something that I'm good at. We all have different abilities. Reading again in verse 6. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others like Paul's, serve them well. If you're a teacher like Shay, teach well. If your gift is encouraging to, to, to others like 
um, good old Greg here, be encouraging. If it's giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership abilities, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And so here's where I am with this. You see what the Lord is saying about present your body, present our body as a living sacrifice to, to him. And if we have these abilities, do that well, do it well, and use it in the service of the kingdom. Now, uh, Melissa, would you just come play softly for us? And um, you guys, I'm fixing to close this out, and y'all can just uh, stay right here where you are. So... As we end our time together, um, I want you to look at this. When believers unite to serve, unbelievable things can happen. But look at this. Look at this. The scope and speed of our ministry is scaled to the size of our team of servants. I want you to... Sometimes I put this stuff up there and it's like I've looked at this for days... And it's just your first time, so I want to give you an opportunity. The scope, that means the width of what we can do, the breadth of what we can do, how much we can reach out to the city, how much we can reach out in foreign missions, how much we can reach out in different ways. The scope. And then the speed, how fast we can do that, is scaled to the size of our team of servants. So, this past, uh, what was it, two weeks ago? Or was it one week ago that we did Fall Fun Night? One week ago. We did Fall Fun Night. Guys, we probably had anywhere close to 700 to 1,000 people that came through. For a church of our size, that's a lot of folks. Dude, every year, we, we, those people in our community love that event. It's absolutely amazing. But we operated that event on a skeleton crew. And there were people in our church, and I'm not trying to make anybody, especially if you're here or watching or people that weren't here, I'm not trying to make anybody feel, you know, uh, bad. I'm tr trying to say, we need more people to be involved. And the reason I'm saying that is because we have things we want to do. And sometimes we can't do it. Because the scale or, or the scope, we have to scale it down based upon what we did. If we had not had some creative ways that Pastor Caitlin, I believe, I'm going to give her the credit for it anyway, and then Pastor Shay. If we had not had some creative ideas from them on how to bring in some outside sources, like from the school and from some of our civic organizations... We wouldn't have been able to do that. And then all four pastors, we actually did some things uh, that we brought over some ROTC to, to do. And when we started looking at it, it's like, wow, there's really a, a, a tiny portion of destiny uh, that's, that's serving this large group of people. Um, we need, if you can... We want you to think about what gifts do you have? Well, I don't have kids, so that's not... Oh, you're perfect for that event. You don't have kids. Not here. They're grown. You don't have kids. But both of you were here serving. So 
you know, perfect candidate. And they got to meet so many people in the neighbor, uh, in, in the uh, community. And so, like, if those people come through the doors, they've already seen their face. Or maybe they will recognize their face for all of those hundreds of folks that were here. Um, We've talked about it. In going into this, we were like, just weeks before we were doing it, we were literally to the place where we were thinking, like, guys, we might need to pull the plug on this. I'm so glad we didn't do that. I'm so glad we just forced it through. But it's like, guys, we might not need to, to, to do this because, I mean, this is a... I know what's going to show up. It's a lot to handle on this size. Afterwards, we reevaluated and we're, uh, or we evaluated and we're like, well, maybe we don't need to do it next year. You know, we need to be realistic. Do we need to do it differently? Not do it at all or, or whatever. And I'm like, guys, I'm just telling you, like there's so much happening and I don't have enough time today to talk to you all about it. Like, we need to do that. We can't be a church that we just get together and just come in this room. We've got to go out there. That's our mission. And Pastor Wesley added something to uh, what I had said last week. I had said, uh, and if you were here, just bear with me for a second. Pastor Wesley was walking through the building and his little son, Rowan, was right behind him and I just overheard their conversation. And this is why Jesus said, for such as this, the little child is the kingdom of God. Because they just believe this stuff, man. You tell them and they just believe it. We grow up and we, uh, we grow in the gift of faithlessness and doubt. But man, they're just believing it. And so as he's, in behind his dad, zigzagging through the building. And he's like, man, I can't wait for all the people that are going to show up. And Wesley, he knows where he's going. And he said, what do you mean, buddy? And he said, all those people that were here tonight, I can't wait for them to show up at, at church. He just has faith. Now, that's not necessarily the vision of that event. But still, like if those people, he just has faith that if you just be kind to people, if you just meet people, if you just, you know, reach out to them, if you're just nice to them, they're going to show up. And then he said, Pastor Wesley said, you didn't hear, he said, y'all, we veered off down the hall and you didn't hear the second part of that conversation. And he said, well, buddy, what makes you think that? And he said, because that card we give them. And he's like, what card? You know, and he says, that card that we get give them, because it says, It'll change your life. Those invitation cards that says, you know, invite someone to church. It could change their life. And here's this little guy. He's just saying that card that we give them, that card says, if they come, it'll change their life. Guys, I'm telling y'all, somebody invited me to church and I didn't want to go. I got drugged to church and it changed my life. Somebody invited me to come and it changed my life. And I'm standing here today because somebody kept pestering my family and invited us to church. It changed my life. Do you think that event is worth it? Hey, even if it's not worth anything other than that little boy 
believes. He believes that, hey, those people are going to be transformed. Those people are this, that, or the other. Man, I'm telling you, I love you. I'm so grateful for those of you who serve. I want to challenge those of you who don't to do these three things. I had two fingers up, but three. Begin serving somewhere in our church. I don't, I'm not trying to put some heavy pressure on you. This would be a good thing for you. It would also be a good thing for us. It is a win-win. In my relationship with Shay, like I wouldn't be happy if she's the only one that benefits from our relationship. She gets something out of it and I get something out of it. I probably get more out of it than she does, but you get the point. It's mutual. When you serve, when you connect, you're gonna get something out of it. Here's the second thing. Serve at the outreaches and special events at our church. Um, I'll just use the team that I lead, okay? So I'm not going to pick on anybody out there. I'm not going to pick on any other team. I'm not picking on all of you people up here. Really, technically, by proxy, I lead every team. But I'm talking to the people on my team. It would be Shay and it would be Josh up here. But I'm like, you know what? We have ministries at Destiny Church. And for years, our worship team, y'all can get mad at me if you want to. But our worship team, we don't show up to those. We don't show up to those. We also don't serve at those. And I'm like, you know what? That's got to change. Because we're not an elite team. This team is no more important than the greeters, than the parking. No, we, this is a family. And everybody has, you take the garbage out, you set the chairs up, I'll fix the meal. We all have a part to play because we're a family. And I'm telling you, man, if you'll serve at some of these outreaches, we can do more. We can do more for our city. This next year, I've spent this year talking to you about influence. I've talked to you about the impact that we could make in our community. I've spent the entire year talking to you about it. Next year, God is going to take us to a different level. And I need your help. And then here's the third thing. Take on a mindset of connecting with the vision of the church. Like, what is this church even about? Connect with that. What are we doing to live out our mission? Connect with that. You're going to hear me talk in the upcoming months and uh, really moreover into next year. One of the biggest things that we are focusing on next year is we are opening a daycare that, I've never opened a daycare before, but I never planted a church before either. We're going to do that. I need a church to partner with me to make that happen. Pastor Rife, how in the world are we going to? Well, I'll tell you. There's all different kinds of ways. I don't serve at a daycare. I don't do those kinds of things. We're going to hire people to do all that. Yes, but there's so many ways that you can still partner with it. Well, that's that thing. Pastor Rife's got this vision, and the church has started. Like Sometimes we speak of it as the church that I'm not a part of. The church that I'm a part of. The church is going to start that. Listen, if you come here and we're starting that, you're starting it. Do you follow me? Like you're starting it with me. So like, how can you help? I don't know. Some of y'all might be able to install a sink that we need put in. 
Some of y'all might be able to hang some signs that we put in. Some of y'all might need to cut a door out or pull some carpet up where we got to replace the floor. There's all different kinds of ways that you can help. Everybody can help. All right. So stand with me to your feet and we're going to go out of this place today. And I know today is a lot of discipleship about serving and what it looks like. But I pray that God has spoken to your heart about serving. Man, it makes God happy when we serve. We'll never be more like Jesus than when we're serving.